Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. And my special guest, if you're just joining us, is guitarist, uh, virtuoso guitarist, just a wonderful player, but uh, not too. Not too uh, pretentious uh, to, to play pop music. And he's, you've heard his work with Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, and a whole bunch of other folks. But don't forget about his own project. Greg Howe is our guitarist. Welcome back, Greg. Uh, tell us about Marigold. Well, I, I, I will. I actually want to touch on something that you had mentioned before, just to put clarity, because I thought you really brought up a really good point, which was the, the sort of pretentious thing that can happen sometimes when guys become you know, virtuosos, or they start to become, you know, involved in more sophisticated music. Uh, I've never seen music that way. I'm not, uh, you know, for me, music is just like when people ask me, what would you, what kind of movies do you like? It's a strange question because it's like, do you like action movies? Yeah, if it's a good movie. Do you like dramas? Yeah, if it's a good movie. So for me, it's not really ever about genre or style. It's always just about quality. And I can be just as into a punk rock band if they're really bringing it with their heart and soul as I can uh, listening to some Philharmonic thing or, or some, you know, some Chick Corea sounding thing. So it doesn't matter to me. I'm not, I don't try to get on stage and play for musicians. I try to get on stage and, and make people feel good. You know, that's really what I'm trying to do. So it really has, uh, when I go to these clubs like the Baked Potato and I see these amazing musicians, I do, I will admit that sometimes I recognize a little bit of what feels like a snobby, uh, you know, I'm too good to actually have to be a performer. I don't have to dress a certain way. I don't have to, you know, I'm so good that I can stand here in my flannel shirt and my Mack truck hat and just be amazing because I, you know what, I, you yeah, know what I'm saying? I, I know exactly I, I, what I'm saying. I think it's, I think it's a great attitude to, uh, to go into, but you can kind of fit in both categories. I mean, you, you you get that this is a business and you have to make a living with it, and and you enjoy making a living. I mean, uh, you aren't slumming by playing with Michael Jackson because you're not you're, you're <laughs> not shredding sure. every uh, <laughs> you know every everything you. Uh, but there there are some solos in there. Did you play the beaded solo every uh, every time? Sure. Yeah, that was a big thing for him. I mean, for Michael, that it was it was kind of like. Did they extend it? Play the beat. Did they extend it Pardon? at all? Did they extend it at all? No, they didn't. Um, they didn't. The, the, the crazy, the crazy part about the solo, <laughs> the beat it solo, was that um, if you look at some videos of me performing with him, they I had to wear this blonde-haired wig, <laughs> which was actually loaded with fiber optic lights that lit up the whole stadium during the beat it solo, and it was powered by this very thick, probably four-inch diameter size fiber optic cable that they had to feed up my you know up the back of my shirt and whenever i'd go out and do anything choreography wise they'd have to feed this gigantic cable and then sort of reel it back in when i'm coming back to my post um so the the, the difficulty or the challenge of the beat it solo live was that i had to be moving with michael jackson while i'm playing it and i had to be sort of aware of this gigantic fiber optic cable that's hooked up to me <laughs> so uh it's surreal yeah. in a way i mean it's uh, before we get into Marigold, let me just have a follow-up on this. Uh, by the way, I'm going to remind people once again, if they're just tuning in, that this is Frank McKay and guitarist extraordinaire Greg Howe, who's played with Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, 
um, his solo work is just incredible. And we're talking about uh, qu- quite a bit about his work with uh, Michael Jackson. Let me ask about uh, stamina. Uh, there was much more movement going on than I, I assume, right? That there's uh, with all the choreography and the jumping around and the I shouldn't call it jumping around, mm-hmm. but the movement with the Michael Jackson. Did you did you need an adjustment period to get in shape, so to speak? Not really. I don't know why. I've always been, um, I was, I was sort of an athlete in school, and I've always, uh, I don't know, I've always had... Uh, it wasn't physically challenging, I, I guess that's what I'm uh, asking. No. It wasn't. It, it was wasn't a, physically challenging, no. I, I'm not super coordinated, so the challenge is really to try to look as, as eloquent as possible. <laughs> yeah, but, you're, uh, you're not a dancer, so to speak. I'm a guitarist, so you know. Right. I, I, they, <laughs> they almost never go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about Marigold now. What can you sure. what can you tell us about the project and who else is involved? The project involves um, the singer uh, extraordinaire, a, a girl by the name of Megan Krauss, who uh, the bass player in my band, Kevin Vecchione, had discovered. Um, and it was a project that we put together that I had wanted to do for a long period of time. And only because when I started off in this business, I started off as a guy that wanted to just be on stage and make music and and make people feel good and rock out and have a good time. Part of what led to my instrumental realm, particularly throughout the 90s, was the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of room for what I was doing on guitar anymore, unless I got into something that wasn't rock. Because if you remember, once the Seattle craze started it almost be, it was almost an anti-guitar solo era uh that no still, question. to some degree to some degree lingers a bit um and so it was very hard to find a place for me to work within the context of a of a rock or more mainstream musical scenario and still be able to you know deliver some kind of cool guitar you know i, I don't I, I don't like the idea of sitting in, my, in a bedroom for 10 hours a day just to come out on stage and not use any of that stuff. So I was looking for an opportunity to be able to make some money and uh, be able to, you know, utilize my skills. And so that's really where uh, the instrumental stuff came from. When I talked to my record label, they said, well, you know, let's, how about if you just start doing some albums for me? And, and uh, at that point also, because of so many of the amazing guitarists that, that came from the post Van Halen, post Ingve Malmsteen uh, thing, I was also finding it hard to figure out ways to push the envelope of guitar technique. So, I, so for me, my expansion uh, became more about music and becoming a little more sophisticated with compositions than it did about pushing the envelope of, you know, a, a one more octave arpeggio more than I did last year. You know what I mean? I, I, I wanted to expand musically as opposed to technically. And luckily, to some degree, they, they go hand in hand. But it is interesting for me, even to this day, that I'm viewed by most as a guy who is primarily a fusion guitarist, when in reality, uh, that almost happened by accident. It was not what I set forth to do. I set forth to to be in a much more mainstream situation. And uh, to sort of inadvertently ended up there, I have no regrets about it, and I think it was great, and, and, I, and I am still there, and I still intend to do other instrumental albums and continue. I think that helps you, to, to be honest with you. That helps you uh, 
you know, stay stay a little closer to the planet Earth. Uh, Absolutely. There, yeah, there is a there is a chance that you can get get off into the stratosphere when you do that. And and again, right. not to not to single out any guitars, but you've seen it happen. And yes. I, you know, I, I I don't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to ask you about uh, criticism. And mm-hmm. we we all get it. Everybody gets it. And I I don't know any specific that uh, that you would get, but it is it a challenging? And again, I'll I'll use the word challenging. Is it challenging to deal with, uh, you know, the cattiness of uh, of musicians? And and I'm talking even you know snobby type musicians, where you sometimes think, oh, look, if I do this. I'm going to hear hell for this. So I'm going to, and, and I'm not talking about playing with Michael Jackson. Screw everybody, right? Who cares about that? Sure. You know, and and Justin Timberlake and things like. That. But on your on your solo work and on some of the other work that you do, is it is it challenging not to play to the critics? It is less challenging today than it used to be, um, but I do understand that challenge. It's it's a and it's a legitimate challenge, and this is why, um, in my opinion. I do have an obligation in my own mind to reach as many people as I possibly can. And so when people say things like so-and-so is a real artist because they never compromise, so-and-so is a real artist. They never compromise, but, but okay, this person never compromises, but this person is always playing in front of 30 people in a somewhere. So if that's the case, as long as they're happy with that, as long as they're cool with that, then that's great. But if they're going to turn around and complain that nobody likes their music, and yet they're unwilling to make an adjustment and try to find some overlap where, in my opinion, there's always a place where you can be satisfied with yourself and also be satisfied in knowing that you're reaching a lot of people. You know, So if you picture two circles, and one is what I like, and the other circle is what everybody else likes, and then you bring those circles together and see where they overlap, I try to operate from within that framework. And so... These days, I really I don't pay attention much to what people say. There's always going to be someone who doesn't like what you're doing. I mean, so no matter what I do, I, I, I see it all the time. I really think you should get back to your fusion, Greg. Extraction was great. Or I hear people say, I love that rock thing that you did with your brother back <laughs> in the day with How To. I really wish you would return to that. Everybody has their own opinion. you know. So I have to eventually just say to myself, I have to. I have to do what feels right for me and then hope that I, that that people like it. That's all I can do. I can't I can't be at the mercy of of critics or else I'm I'm not really in command of my own career, you know. If you're just tuning in once again, this is Frank McKay and I'm reminding you that our very special guest is someone who I feel has hit that perfect balance uh, between musicianship and uh, and listenability right how's that for for a term uh, you know something that the average person and and, and that sounds demeaning uh, something that the uh, that the mainstream could appreciate and I, I think you've always hit that balance and you're a virtuoso there's no question about it and greg Howe is that guest of mine and i urge you all to check out his work it's uh, it's been tremendous what did you do with justin timberlake um well, we I, I met Justin when I, I had actually had the gig with InSync for a while. Right, that's so right. I did a stadium tour with them, and then I did another uh, arena tour with them, and that, that was a lot of fun. Great people on the tour. Uh, did the Michael Jackson gig ultimately lead to that, do you think? 
Did it have a lot of influence? I think it definitely it, it definitely helped get those other gigs, yeah, because in this in the industry, as I'm sure you know, as it is in many industries, a lot of it is based on on uh, credibility and resume and and really who you know. So it becomes important to have those kinds of things because when when there's a music director who has a choice between saying I have this guitar player who's really good or I could choose this other guitar player to join this band and he used to play with Michael Jackson sometimes they have more credibility when they can say they they put a band together with somebody who's done high profile things yeah that's so, that's putting it mildly that's, uh, that's <laughs> right. no question about it and when you when you start adding those credits credits are a huge thing but go ahead you were going to you were going to uh, mentioned something else about NSYNC. Um, how many shows did you end up ultimately playing with them? Oh, I don't. I mean, the, the one tour we did was like eight months, and it was a minimum of three shows a week. Uh, so who knows what that adds up to? I'm, my math is it's too early still in the morning for me to do yeah. that math. But yeah, well, hey, go back to just for a moment. If we can go back to the Michael Jackson um, mm-hmm. situation, how much of the 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 circus so to speak did you did you experience and when when I'm talking about that I'm talking about the the paparazzi the um, the fan craziness the you know the media you know beyond the paparazzi how much of that did you get to experience and how much of it was was basically basically based around him and you guys had your separate life well Michael was pretty excluded he he uh, was pretty private and he had his own sort of small posse of people that he hung out with. We didn't see him much, um, but it didn't mean that we weren't very much affected by, by, you know, the attention that he brings, because I mean, honestly, there were numerous times that we would show up at a hotel and it would just be surrounded by, uh, you know, usually young teenage girls that are just everywhere. And then you walk in the lobby and they're everywhere and everybody wants, if they can't get a piece of Michael, then they want to get a piece of the band and they want to get your autograph and they want to know, what you're doing and are you affiliated with the band? So we actually, we would get a lot of the, uh, the, the spillover from his, from his, uh, from the Michael Jackson craze. And, um, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it, even I've never seen anything like Michael Jackson. Insync was huge when I was with them. And, uh, they also had a big, you know, there was a big element of that, but, but nothing like Michael Jackson, which was really overwhelming. It was, I mean, there were nights sometimes that even high-end prestigious hotels, which was normally where we stayed, um, where you, it was hard to get to sleep because there was so much noise outside with just to, with the crowd surrounding the hotel all night long just, just in the hopes of getting a glimpse of him. Well, at this point, I can't think of anyone that would be the equivalent to Michael Jackson. Yeah, me either. It, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't imagine duplicating that somewhere. In sync, I, you know, and, and, and again, I, I hate to group all of them together, but uh, boy bands, you know what's going to be there. It's going to be the mini Beatlemania, and, and, and that's not to, you know, put them down. I mean, they, uh, sure. they, they have tremendous fans. But I, I would imagine that a lot of their fans, and, and again, this is by no means to disparage, um, sure. uh, teenage girls. I mean, I got I got teenagers myself, right? So I don't want to I don't want to disparage uh, them by saying that. But many of them may not know who Greg Howe is, and uh, oh, of course, yeah. And many of them, even the Michael Jackson fans, uh, if they maybe they were a little more in tune 
to who you guys were. Maybe they they say, oh, there's the there's the guitarist, or this is, or or it spreads. Is it more like that where where somebody would say, hey, you know what? That's Michael Jackson's guitarist over there, and all of a sudden you'd get you'd get flooded with something. Was it more like that, or did people have the knowledge that hey, Greg Howe is Michael Jackson's guitarist filling in for Jennifer uh, Batten? Was it like that, or was it more? It, it would it would just uh, it would be leaked sort of. It was it was it was less like that with Michael. It was more like that when I was with, uh, say, Enrique Iglesias, where a lot of times uh, we, I'd be in Europe, and we did a tour in Europe that was pretty extensive. But by that time, it was the year 2000, and I, I had already built up more of a reputation So it, than I had in 96. So in 96, first of all, I was with Michael Jackson, really you know, half his band is celebrities. He's got Jonathan Moffat on, drum, uh, on drums. He's got... Uh, David Williams on on guitar. He had some great players in that band, some of whom were were well known. But Michael's so big that everything is overshadowed by him. I mean, really, honestly, nobody cares who's who else is on that stage. But with Enrique, I did notice that where a lot of times we, you know, we pull into a city and then uh, you know guitar magazines want to come out and do an interview with me and uh, you know or some some online situation or some uh, you know some media outlet wants to wants to meet with me so uh, there was a little bit more of an acknowledgement of my having built up some level of notoriety with the later boy band situations that i was in but not really not so much with michael again frank mckay here with greg howe guitarist extraordinaire a an absolute virtuoso on his instrument and he is uh, uh, and not too big to uh, to scale it back and 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 do some commercial work and and certainly pay the bills and those things pay uh, very well those situations I'm I'm certain and Greg Howe again is uh, is our very special guest I'm always interested in a guy like yourself and again you're a virtual so nobody's going to disagree with that uh, I'm always interested in prep with you now mm -hmm. you know you you went through the situation with with the michael jackson but let's say there was a, a another let's say lady gaga i don't know if you've ever played with it but let's say uh, all of a sudden they said look here, here's a gig for you and you gotta you gotta fill in for lady gaga there's two hours worth of material what do you think it would take you to uh, to to be prepped for something like that someone in your category how would you prep for something like that and how long would it take Generally speaking, I've, I've worked at the, the main music director I've worked with, with all these gigs, with the exception of Michael, is a guy named Kevin Antunes, who, uh, who has been the, he's been the MD for pretty much every recent pop, you know, popular act. He was the MD, he's, he's currently the MD for Madonna, he did Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, uh, the Justin Timberlake's first tour, Enrique Iglesias, I mean, he's done so many, so many of these. So generally what happens is he'll call me and ask me if I want the gig. And then depending on uh, my schedule, uh, my goals at the time and my availability, I will either commit or not commit. And if I do commit, usually what happens is he has access to all of the individual tracks of all the songs. Um, and, and what music directors often do is they, they will modify these things. They'll, they'll modify the songs for a live performance. And sometimes, sometimes drastically modify them. So he'll usually get something together for me to listen to that, with very explicit instructions on what he's looking for, in terms of my my role as the guitarist. 
And occasionally it will involve, you know, at this point, I want you to improvise at this point, you know, do your own thing. But for this point, here's the guitar parts. Here they are off the record. Listen to these parts. These are exactly, I want this sound. I want this feel. I want you to play what was on the record. And if you're not sure of what that is, here's the isolated track. So usually it's pretty clear. Greg Howe has been our very special guest. Greg, thank you very much for being here. Guitarist extraordinaire. Greg Howe, thank you once again. My pleasure. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone, everyone for tuning in. Greg, give one more, if you're still there, just give the website one more time. Just greghow.com. And uh, from there, you can access all of my social media. I encourage everybody to come along and follow and keep, you know, keep, keep informed about what I'm doing because I'm doing a lot of stuff. I've got an instructional video coming out. I've got a new album coming out. So, uh, yeah. Virtuoso guitarist, Greg Howe. Greg, thank you again. Thank you very much. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in. This is Frank McKay. We will see you next time on Breaking It Down.